Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Yeah, last episode got a little crazy talking about the government. So, hey, listen, I just want to say I have no intention of ever harming myself. Okay, first off. Second off, I don't want to go near any oceans, helicopters. I do not intend to bungee jump or skydive. So if they say I croaked in a skydiving accident, I I got unalived by the government. So <laughs> I listen. I know this sounds crazy, but now if you know they say something to the effect of like, yeah, ten federal agents showed up at his house and he took nine of them out. The last one got him. That's that probably happened, right? But uh, <laughs> but they wouldn't admit it, right? Yeah, they wouldn't admit. They would say. Uh, they would pay each of the families a million dollars a piece to never talk, or ten million a piece to never talk about what happened. And they would say that uh, a team of Navy SEALs took me out in under thirty seconds. Because <laughs> everything's a lie. All right, we're gonna get back on track here. So I just I have a lot of disdain for the government. You know what I'm saying? I'm just watching these trains get derailed and UFOs, and it's like, yeah, I was crazy. But anyways. So what I wanted to talk about today was you need to find a way to make uh, make money from home. Okay, I think uh, it's a little soon to say this, but I think that going to work at a building is archaic and it's outdated. And uh, chances are, if you need to go to be somewhere physically to do your job, you're gonna you're gonna get replaced by AI. Okay, that's simple. You are going to get replaced by AI. Like if you need to go somewhere. And, uh, and do something. So you need to find out how to make money from home. You know what I'm saying? Got to find a way to make money from home. And there's opportunities everywhere. You know what I'm saying? A lot of sales organizations now you can do, you can sell from home on Zoom. I would look into life insurance sales. Uh, you know, if I were you and people don't like sales, they don't like commission. Well, you don't like making money then. You know what I'm saying? It's funny, the, the biggest thing I hear is I need a state. So these people, I had a, an interview the other day. This lady's like, I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. We're barely getting by. You know, every week at the end of the week, we've got, you know, she's like, just between you and I, she's like, I've got less than $10 in my account, you know, at the end of every week. And it's like, well, hopefully, hopefully we have enough food in the house to get through the weekend. I'm like, damn, that's not good. Let's change your life. You know what I'm saying? And we start getting into the comp the life insurance opportunity and she's like ah well you know I really want to make sure that I have a stable paycheck to make sure I can provide for my family I'm like you're barely doing it now you know what I mean stable 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 that's stable you got ten dollars meaning if anything happened any unforeseen circumstance happened during the week all of this false stability would be shattered. You blow a tire. You got to get a new tire in your car. It's 200 bucks. Well, now you're negative 190 at the end of the week. You blow a tire. Transmission goes. God forbid. You got to travel to go for work to work. You're screwed. Stable. I'm just getting angrier and angrier at people. And it's not even that I'm angry at you. I'm angry for you. I'm angry that you don't understand anything about the way that the world works. Most people, so young people listening to this, I'm not saying don't 
you know, don't, I'm not, do not not respect your elders, okay? Respect your elders, be nice to older people, but I just want to tell you right now, if you're 19, 20, 21, early 20s, most adults don't have a damn clue. They don't have a clue. They have no idea how anything works. 99% of them. They don't. They have no idea how, they don't know how money works. They don't know how taxes work. They don't know how building businesses work. They don't know, They the, a lot of them don't know how relationships work. They're mostly all divorced. Kids from different marriages and shit. Most adults don't have a clue. They're broke, divorced, out of shape, on medication. So young people listening to me, you need to be very careful who you take advice from. And if you're older and you're like, well, Mike, I'm here because I want to change my life. Instead of yelling at me, tell me what to do. Well, I am. Go listen to all the rest of the episodes. doesn't matter how old you are. I'm talking about old people set in their ways. If you're here, you want to change, most likely. Or you're listening to me right now and you feel this feeling of revolt and disgust in your soul towards me. You're just not supposed to be here. And chances are you are not and you never will be successful. I'm only hated on by unsuccessful people. The only people I know that don't like me suck at life. Because I challenge them to get better. People don't like to be challenged. People don't like to be pushed out of their comfort zone. All of my haters are broke. Working shit jobs at malls and this place and that place. Just all my haters are broke. All of them. All of my haters are in relationships that they hate. All of my haters have nothing. They, they've been cheating on their spouses. Talk poorly about their kids. It's crazy. I don't have a single successful. I don't know a single successful person that doesn't like me. Because anybody who's successful is going to understand what I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you got to be very careful who you take advice from. Just because somebody is older doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Well, Mike, isn't there something to be said about life experience? Only if you learn. I could, if I just skim the Bible a thousand times, I just skim it. Boom. I fly through. I'm like drinking coffee and on my cell phone. Just uh, get through it. I skim through it a thousand times. Versus somebody that sits down and pours over it three times and takes notes and goes back and connects ideas and draws parallels and reads additional books to expound upon the knowledge that they got from the Bible. Which person do you think is going to have a better understanding? Which person do you think actually learned something? Days on earth are not like presence is not indicative, is not synonymous rather with progress. Many of you show up. I'm talking to some of the people on here listening. 
that are in a performance-based industry, whether it's sales, whatever it may be, and you're wondering why you're not getting the same results as everybody else, it's because you're mistaking presence with progress. You think just showing up is enough. Showing up is not enough. It's not nearly enough. It's what you do while you're there. I can get more, I can generate more revenue in 15 hours than most people can generate in 80. Easily. Why? It's because those 15 hours are so supremely and tightly, is the only word I can think of, executed. That every minute of those 15 hours is maximized to its ultimate potential. 30 minutes, five, six times a week, I run what's called a company overview. I could tell you right now, my wife is listening to me run a thousand of them from home. Every single minute of that 30 minutes, I bring my absolute A game. And I say the same thing, the same way, with the same passion, the same enthusiasm. Doesn't matter if I run three a day, every single time. When we have meetings, they're planned out, they're well executed. There's every interaction I have with a client is I bring my, you gotta bring your A game to every moment or just don't show up. You would get more out of resting than you would showing up and half-assing things. If you can't dial it in and give 100%, don't show up. I can remember I took the the rugby team. I'd never played rugby in my life. The end of my junior year, this kid was, his name's Jimmy. Him and I still talk. He's a great guy, Jim Dieterly. Jim tried to recruit me for the better part of my entire college career. Finally, my junior year, I said, screw it. I'll, I'll come to a practice. Went to a rugby practice. It was like they had two games left in the season, and I loved it. Loved it. So I played, uh, I played in the last two games. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I made a lot of mistakes and you know, there's a lot of different rules. Rugby's much different than football, you know what I mean? And uh, they had a big meeting at the end of the year to vote on next year's leaders and they voted me president and captain. <laughs> like, well, I've only been here for two games, guys. So the next year we went out and we went undefeated and unscored on. Smashed everybody. Why? Number one, we did a lot of off-season work. I said, all right, well, you guys want me to be your leader. We're going to do this the right way. We're going to work in the off-season. It's just a club sport. Doesn't matter. If you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. Club sport, you don't want to do off-season workouts? Get out. Leave. Don't play for this team. So we did off-season work. And then what I used to tell people is before games, I say, I would say, on because our games were often either Friday night or Saturday night. I would tell them the night before, if you're going to go out and drink, I don't mind if you do that, You, but you got to be the person to show up and give your A game. I don't care if you got to smash a Red Bull and take an Adderall. I don't care what it takes. Do not show up unless you're going to give 100% of yourself on this field. And I had guys that, Mike... I made a mistake. I was out. I saw a girl. I was drinking all night. I just don't feel I'm sick. Don't show up. Fine. There's no, we didn't make them run sprints the next practice. We didn't, now, all it was, I told them I ain't going to yell at you. Just do me the favor and don't show up on the field. And they wouldn't. Just let me know ahead of time. 
And we had three or four instances where guys just like, dude, I can't bring my A game today. And then what was what happened was is we had a fully equipped team. Even if that guy was a starter, I would rather put in a B player. So I lose my A player, I would rather put in a B player that's gonna that's gonna give hundred percent. And it showed in the results. Can't argue with results. We smashed everybody we played. Like 70 to nothing, which in football, American football would be like a hundred to nothing. Crushed people. And a lot of it had to do off-season work. There's a lesson right there. Other club rugby teams, you, this was a club. This wasn't like a school sanction. Like, we were a club. It wasn't that serious, but it was that serious. You know, we were D2, not D1. I mean, we played <laughs> the 1D1. We played Notre Dame in a sevens tournament. And you got to understand, at this point in my life, I wish I could go back to what I am now because I was 145 pounds. I was so skinny. I was small. And uh, we played Notre Dame in a sevens tournament. And holy smokes, was that a different... Oh, we got killed. We got crushed. We got absolutely mauled. But uh, I I cracked my sternum, man. This dude came running towards me with the ball, and I went to tackle him. I'm like, he was huge. He had to have been like 220. 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and like, I'll just get lower than him. I'm going to grab an ankle, try to avoid getting hit in the face with a knee. So I got low, and somehow he got lower, man, and he put his forehead in my chest and blew me off my feet. I couldn't move for three or four days. My good friend at the time, Kathleen, <laughs> had to bring me food every day. I was in bed, nearly paralyzed, because I cracked my sternum. I couldn't move. Notre Dame crushed us. That was a different, that was a completely different animal. That was like we were playing against grown men. You know what I'm saying? Like men. So funny, man, to look back. Good memories, dude. Rugby's a great sport, guys. Rugby's a really, really cool sport. Watch it sometime. Uh, it's just, it's like nonstop football. You know what I mean? They, there's not like stoppages in between plays. And, you know, if there's a penalty, you got to fight for the ball. It's a lot of fun. Scrums, rocks, line outs. There's a rugby team here in Portland. I'm thinking about uh, thinking about joining these boys. It's like, but I got that. I got jujitsu. Could I do both? Absolutely. I got the time now. I got to stop making excuses. Just, a, I, you know, it's so far. I still get nervous before every jujitsu practice. I don't know if any of my other guys at roll feel that way, but it's so weird. I get really like unreasonably amped up before I go to jiu-jitsu. So I've been working on calming myself because man-to-man one-on-one combat is such a... But the, the point of jiu-jitsu practice is to learn. And the way you learn is you lose. You know, so what the biggest obstacle I've had to overcome in jiu-jitsu was, you know, I wrestled for my entire life. I'm very strong. I can manhandle most people with strength and wrestling alone. But I find that when I do that, I don't learn. Like, yeah, I could go against the 155-pound brown belt and just lay on top of them and just top pressure, just crush into them and just immobilize them. But I don't learn that way. You know, so a big struggle for me in jiu-jitsu has been, okay, swallow the ego Try things that you learn drilling. Try things that you've seen in tutorials. Try things you've seen in matches. 
and chances are more, way more often than not, you're gonna screw it up and you're gonna get tapped out. But that's how you learn, that's how you develop your skill set. It's, see, I think there's a lesson in that too. You know, a lot of us stay in our strength zone, in our comfort zone, where we know we're guaranteed to win, but we don't get any better for it. You know what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong, live competition, if my strength in wrestling is going to be the advantage, I'm going to I'm going to pick you up and slam you on your head. You know what I mean? But in practice, got to be willing to learn. Got to be willing to fail and make mistakes and that's how you grow. That's how you learn. That's how you adapt. That's how you grow. So what areas of your life what areas of your life are you staying in your comfort zone too much? I think you should play to your strengths. You know what I mean? But what ways could you change things up and learn a little bit? What ways could you step out of your comfort zone and learn? I'm talking a lot right now because I'm stuck in traffic and this might be TMI, but I just slammed a bang and half a cup of coffee and man, I got to use the bathroom right now. (laughs) So we, oh God. So we, uh, we're almost there, almost to the gym. So I, I just completely lost my train. I thought I should have even acknowledged it. So we, so you've got to step out of your comfort zone and, and learn. The best way to learn is from mistakes, man. Like if you're, if you're at a point in your life where, man, I don't make many mistakes, you're not growing. I can assure you, you might be growing you might be growing a little bit, but you're not growing as fast as you could. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like exponential growth comes from making a mistake through risk and learning from it and applying that lesson. For me recently, this has been a, I don't really make too many mistakes in my staffing company. We got that down. Um, you know, I almost tried to make mistakes, like taking on too many clients at once. And dude, our team, we got such good people and such good systems. We just adapted and boom, we don't, we don't miss. So where I make a lot of my mistakes is in uh, trading. Make a lot of mistakes. And it's because what I'm learning is patience and reactivity, emotional reactivity. I've pulled myself out of positions early because I started to freak out because I was losing. Had I just held the position, I would have made a thousand bucks. Instead, I lost 200. Patience ties into that, you know, that to just wait things out sometimes. And then emotional, like going in too early because I'm not patient. I've also learned, so I'm learning a lot of lessons through screwing up. In trading, and, and the you know each mistake I make costs me a couple hundred bucks. You know what I mean? So it's a good it's a good way to learn. All right, I just got to the gym. Oh boy, I'll hobble into the gym. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. I love you. Let's get it.